one soul ring. Wait, we're recording? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, God. Don't. Don't. <laughs> okay, so the set contains... Well, I guess I could say this later, but... No, you got to say it now. Okay, the set contains 361 <laughs> regular cards. Oh, okay. Uh, and then the six new commander deck cards are numbered 362 to 367. And then the commander deck reprints are 368 to 511. Oh, okay. So they're including those in the overall set number. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that, that does make sense. Um, well, we'll be talking about those pretty soon. Pretty soon. Are you guys, uh, I don't know if you guys have been following local news uh, in Manitoba, but uh, they earlier this week they were talking about uh, instituting a curfew in Winnipeg. Yeah. Yep. And uh, then the police were like, um, no, we're not going to. They were, Well, first of all, they were like, no, we're not but, going to enforce that. And also, how would we enforce that? And then the RCMP said the same thing. And then uh, Brian Pallister was on, uh, you know, like uh, it was I watched a live stream on YouTube today and he was like, yeah, we're not doing the curfew because uh, they also did a survey and Manitobans are like, nah, we don't want a curfew. So we can just say no, we don't want something, and they just don't do it. Well, they they yeah, they put just, they put just up, vote on they put vote on it. they put up like a survey, and it was like it, it was like you know it, tell us what you think about this curfew idea. Or like I don't yeah. I don't I didn't look at it, but it was maybe it was like how would you implement this curfew or I don't know yeah. how would you enforce what, this curfew? And people are like, no, don't do a curfew. Yeah, when has every any like population ever said yeah do a curfew? Great idea. <laughs> No, I mean, I know. No, exactly. Seattle had a curfew. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, like, so my friend who lives in Seattle, they had a curfew. Due to COVID? Uh, Due to riots. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think. Do you think the government pulled the citizens and asked, hey, do you think a curfew would nope. be nice? No, they just inst- instituted <laughs> they just a curfew. That's so, ca- no, the- that's so Canadian <laughs> being like, hey, do you kind guys the- want it? We might do a curfew. What do you guys think? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Like, oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's like the reason for the curfew is because everyone's being friggin' idiots. So just do the curfew. I, I don't know. Whatever. It's like, oh, they don't want to do a curfew. So we're just going to not do a curfew and, and hope these COVID numbers go down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that was like on the same day that Pallister asked for, like, called on volunteers for testing sites. Yeah, it was, and he's and as they're actively closing businesses. Yeah, like, and he's also like he's also referring to himself as like the stern daddy, and it's just like, and they also released this ad today about <laughs> about like re- you know it was like a reduced uh, contacts uh, COVID ad, and after the ad played, he was like broken up and crying, and you know. Uh, Everybody has a different opinion about this, but I don't want my politicians to get emotional. I think that's just a sign of just somebody that I I just can't trust in an emotional situation if you're getting emotional. So anyways, I think we should just... you know covid's a problem let's start the show uh <laughs> this is Good start. this is turn one soul ring i'm kevin hey i'm eric and i'm riley and uh today on the show we are going to be starting our commander legends set review as usual we're going to be going through the cards in wooburg order 
and then we'll get to gold, colorless, and land cards. I think today we're probably just going to get through white and blue because there's a ton of cards in this set. Um, we're not going to go through all the cards. We're just going to talk about the cards that we're interested in talking about. But before we get to that, Eric, how can listeners get in touch with us? They can always find us on Instagram at Turn One Soaring the Podcast. Also, if you want to message us directly, hit us up on the Gmail at Turn One Soaring the Podcast at gmail.com. And then also catch us over on YouTube. Uh, we're putting up everything up on there. So just uh, Turn One Soaring the Podcast will help you find us the easiest. And also, if you want to support us, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Ring. Check us out. Okay, so let's just uh, kick this off with our first white card, which is... Oh, we're going. A Chroma Vision <laughs> of Ixidor. It's five and two white for a 6-6 six, six legendary angel. It has flying, first strike, vigilance, and trample. At the beginning of each combat, until end of turn, each other creature you control gets plus one, plus one. If it has flying, plus one, plus one. If it has first strike, and so on for... Double Strike, Death Touch, Haste, Hexproof, Indestructible, Lifelink, Menace, Protection, Reach, Trample, Vigilance, and Partner. And it also has Partner. I feel like you could have just said, and so on after that, like, and, you know, (laughs) and so on. I I do love that and so on statement. It's just like, (laughs) we don't have enough space for this. (laughs) Yeah, like, what if they just put, like, for each keyword, (laughs) they get plus one, plus one. (laughs) <laughs> this would be great in uh whatever that um the uh, what is the what's the black white and green color combination abzan abzan that this would be great in that abzan commander deck that icoria commander deck that we reviewed and and upgraded um oh yeah just all that like that like cares about uh keywords commander oh yeah yeah and it has a ton of keywords itself mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah get this in the yeah. graveyard yeah, exactly. It, it also pairs really well with Odric, Lunark Marshall. Oh, absolutely. Ooh, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you're just giving all those creatures all those keywords, and then they all get what, like, uh, plus six, plus six? <laughs> Seems pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that is that is actually really intense. I like that as a finisher. <laughs> yeah, and, like, so, <laughs> you know, you, you could have this You could have this as a commander, has, have this as a partner commander, but you could also throw this yeah. in, like, a white weenie uh, Rick Grimes uh, steadfast leader deck just like pump up all your little uh, pump up all your humans pump yeah. up all your wieners yeah <laughs> you know That's that what i'm called lo- right <laughs> i'm looking at it though odric lunark marshall also mentions skulk which uh chroma doesn't Ooh. Come on. Come on. that's definitely a fl- <laughs> that's definitely a flavor miss i think <laughs> angels should more angels should have skulk yeah <laughs> skulk is also just like a mechanical fail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my six six could be blocked by things smaller than it. Tam. <laughs> right. So our next card is a Chroma's Will. It's three and a white for an instant. Choose one. If you control a commander as you cast the spell, you may choose both creatures you control gain flying, vigilance, and double strike until end of turn. And creatures you control gain lifelink, indestructible, and protection from all colors until end of turn. I love this card. This card is amazing. It's so amazing. <laughs> this card is actually just amazing. Like, like a four-mana finisher. Just boom. Yeah, um, like it's a, it's a finisher. But then also if someone's like wrathing and trying to protect your board, it works in that situation as well. Yeah. Yeah. And like, oh, man. Yeah. 
Yeah. It definitely depends on the judge though, with the like the indestructible clause. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what about protection from all colors, Kev? Well, I don't know if a Wrath of God would get that. That's the thing. <laughs> you can still be targeted by colorless stuff. Ooh, Ooh gotcha. And yeah, which means Devoid's Spicy. gonna get it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, watch out for Devoid. <laughs> but yeah, out of the, out of crazy the, mechanics. Out of the cycle of of these cards, these this will cycle, this one's definitely uh one of the, one of the higher tier ones. It just it just has so much flexibility and even if you don't have a commander choosing either one of these, uh you're just going to be in scenarios so often where you're going to want to choose either one of these and you're going to be happy to do it. Yeah, in terms of power, this one's definitely one of the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's just like it's, it's I, not my <laughs> it's not my favorite, but it's it's definitely yeah. like a really good card. Yeah, yeah, just like it, I it's it just seems entirely redundant to give your creatures flying, indestructible protection from all colors. <laughs> like, how how could somebody possibly block these creatures? <laughs> Plus, they all have double strike. Like, yeah, if you have any board presence, this is gonna wreck somebody's day. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I just love that the artwork is like a bunch of uh like soldiers or paladin looking guys, people riding around on cats and it's like that yeah. is that that the, that image is just <laughs> like how we just trample over everything. Like ride around on a big cat and your problems yeah. are solved. Yeah, how are you going to stop a, a cat? Stuff <laughs> <laughs> like cougar, jaguar, lion. <laughs> well, there's probably a tiger in like the midst back there, okay. like all those guys. Thank there's you. probably they're they're in there, Thank I'm you. sure. Yeah. It's gotta be at least one. <laughs> so our next card is Archon of Coronation. It's four white white for a five-five Archon with flying. When it enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. And in Ooh. case anybody forgot what the monarch is, uh, when you are the monarch, you get to draw a card at the beginning of your end step. If Correct me if I'm wrong. Yep. And as long as you're the monarch, damage doesn't cause you to lose life. Oh, uh, I guess to finish off the monarchy ability, somebody has to deal combat damage to you to become the monarch. Right, right. But... I, I guess this time around we'll probably get uh, fixed monarch tokens because that was the whole thing with Conspiracy 2 where the monarch tokens were, uh, they, they were gr- grammatically incorrect. Oh really? Yeah, every single token. It was. Um, oh, I'd have to go like go into a box and get a monarch token, but <laughs> it was. Um, anyways, they were they were grammatically incorrect, and uh, it was every single token. But I suppose this time around we'll get these new tokens, and those old tokens are probably going to go up in value because they're like misprints essentially. But anyways, what do you uh, what do you guys think about this card, Archon of Coronation? Oh well, first of all, I love. Uh, the monarch mechanic and it's awesome to see it being highlighted in the set Uh, there's a ton of new monarch cards that i'm excited for Uh, notably with this card it does say as long as you're the monarch damage doesn't cause you to lose life it of course when you take that hit you don't lose the life but notably you still take the hit so you would still lose the monarchy um, if somebody hits you and you're the monarch and it does note it in in the reminder text here um but just to be clear it doesn't prevent damage it just says it doesn't cause you to lose life so after that instance somebody can swing at you for as much much as they want and get the monarchy but it does no damage which is a nice perk when you're the monarch because usually you have a target on your head yeah Um, yeah you want that card draw 
and then this being a nice evasive body you can likely swing in and get the monarchy again and then draw on your end step so i think it's really um really synergistic with itself it's it's pretty cool but of course if somebody even has like a creature with first strike or double strike they can just swing in with their team the first strike damage happens they take the monarchy and then yep you still take damage yeah for the second uh for the r normal damage step yeah yeah, for sure. yeah. I um, <clears throat> I love the monarch too. I'm I'm glad to see it back. Uh, in uh, in our commander league, we uh we um go back and listen to uh I think it's episode twenty, where we sort of explain the the way we we do everything. And I think at that time we weren't doing this, but we were still uh uh choosing the points that we would play with in a in a in a given session. And and part of what we do now is we roll a, a six sided dice because we play with six achievable points. And whatever the dice roll is, the monarch gets attributed to that point, and whoever gets that point first uh, takes the monarchy. Or at least that's how we did it at one time. Is that? It, yeah, I feel like it's been so long since way. we played Magic that I can't. <laughs> do, do we do it differently now? Yeah, we yeah. do. So the first uh, achievement unlocked is awarded the monarchy that's right yes but but yeah still the fact remains like we just uh like that kind of encouraging combat is is really um something that i think we all enjoy in commander oh totally yeah so our next card is arden intrepid archaeologist it's two and a white for a 2-2 legendary creature, Core Scout. At the beginning of combat on your turn, you may attach any number of auras and equipment you control to target permanent or player, and it has partner. This is wow. pretty cool. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's nice that it's not just itself. You get to target like any permanent or a player that you control. Well, oh, no, it's, it, it's, it's any... any permanent or player, yeah. It just has to be an equipment or an aura that you control. You own. Yeah. yeah so if you had like so, a curse of exhaustion on Riley mm -hmm. and Eric was getting out of hand, you just move that over to curse of exhaustion and uh, move it over to Eric. And, you know, then he yeah. then he stops getting out of hand. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's a really cool space to build this uh, partner commander with is curses in mind. But I also uh, like this guy as kind of a secondary commander for... Uh, blonde wandering knight mm -hmm. just as a another kind of fail case scenario if blonde just gets hated out of the game then you've got arden as backup to take all the equipment that you have <clears> on the <throat> battlefield and stick it onto arden or another imposing creature and uh and go to town yeah that's really interesting because i use balan in uh ainsley's sram deck as a secondary commander so this guy might mm -hmm. be a tertiary commander in that deck for sure yeah yeah and it's nice nice and low on the curve too for uh for sram as well yeah absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah because balan's four i don't like i i kind of like capping it at three With but balan's so good that you know he, yeah. he makes the cut <laughs> yeah balan's pretty spicy Next up, we have Armored Sky Hunter. It's three and a white for a 3-3 three, three Cat Knight with flying. Whenever Armored Sky Hunter attacks, look at the top six cards of your library. You may put an aura or equipment card from among them onto the battlefield. If an equipment is put onto the battlefield this way, you may attach it to a creature you control. Put the rest of those cards on the bottom of your library in a random order. Man, that's nice. Just getting to attach it right away. It just makes me feel like yeah. this is Ooh, from yeah. Zendikar Rising. <laughs> yeah, and of course, it's, pretty, it's on the attack trigger. 
Yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah, you just get to equip it at instant speed, which is always nice. Or casting an aura at instant speed essentially is always nice. It's not cast, but, you know, you still get it on the creature for free. So yeah. I'm not going to complain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Looking for that, like, colossal hammer or um, a draws <laughs> conscription. If you get the colossal hammer and you put it on your armored sky hunter, it loses flying. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, they can just chump block for days. Yeah, it just becomes a thirteen thirteen at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Only a thirteen thirteen. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have our first reprint, Austere Command. It's four white white for a sorcery. Choose two. Destroy all artifacts. Destroy all enchantments. Destroy all creatures with converted mana cost three or less. And destroy all creatures with converted mana cost four or greater. Fantastic reprint. Fantastic removal spell. You put it in your white decks. This is one of my all-time favorite wraths. It's just... It's so flexible. So all the choices. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love this card. This this was reprinted last in Iconic Masters, and it was creeping up. It's like 10 or $12 now, and this being reprinted at Rare is going to knock it back down again. And it, like I'm, I, I think we're all on board for keeping the staples like this as, as low on the financial curve as possible. Yeah. And really, when a card destroys all enchantments, there's not much that does that. So, yeah, ex good well, stuff. W with this level of flexibility, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, otherwise, we have like cleansing Nova, which is uh, like three white white, and you can destroy all creatures or destroy all artifacts and enchantments. But yeah, austere. Oh, I forgot about cleansing Nova. Austere command cleansing for Nova's for a wrath for that one extra mana to have this kind of flexibility is just, it's so good. If you've never played with austere command. Just, yeah, put it in your white decks. It's really interesting how you can also kind of manipulate the board because of the CMC of the two different choices for destroying creatures. So that can make some unique situations as well. So that's what's really, really, really neat about this card. Yeah, and and, and, and exactly. It can be a one-sided board wipe. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Next up, we have Court of Grace. This is also part of a cycle. Uh, it's two white-white for an enchantment. When Court of Grace enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. At the beginning of your upkeep, create a 1-1 one, one white spirit creature token with flying. If you're the monarch, create a 4-4 four, four white angel creature token with flying instead. I feel like they should have given the creature token uh, vigilance, you know, do the whole Sarah Angel thing, but maybe that's asking too much. They should have. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would have been good. I mean, probably would have been a way, a way stronger card. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> but I do like, again, it's a monarch card that synergizes very well with itself in the sense that you get that 1-1 one, one white spirit creature token with flying if you're not the monarch. And it gives you an opportunity to, well, I guess in a turn cycle from now, once it doesn't have summoning sickness, gives you an opportunity to swing in and take the monarchy back. So and, and, I do, I do like that. And, and that's kind of my problem with this cycle of cards. It's an upkeep trigger. And you know, the set is a, uh, you know, it's a commander draft set. So it's, it's designed to be multiplayer. And, you know, after the dust settles on that, we're going to be playing these cards in commander. And I think it would have been better if it was an end step trigger, because if we're trying to, uh, you know, like that would synergize well with a monarch. It would be flavorful. And also we're trying to induce combat. But if you're not sure if you're going to be the monarch on upkeep, it might not be as 
enticing to attack to get this trigger. So I think that is a little bit of a miss when it comes to these cards. But like like I said earlier, I'm you know on board for anything that does entice people to want to get the monarch. Next up, we have another reprint, Generous Gift. It's two and a white for an instant. Destroy target permanent. Its controller creates a 3-3 green elephant creature token. It's great. The best presents are impossible to re-gift. They really, they really <laughs> are. They, they re-gifted us this with uh, this reprint. So There you go. <laughs> That's very true. <clears throat> Good card. Yeah, good card. Solid, card. solid card. This is great as a reprint. Uh, it was actually getting up there in price, so it's good to see that this is uh, they reprinted this here. Yeah, especially the foils were getting very pricey, so this is going to help because it has a collector's booster set, and uh, you know, however you feel about the collector's boosters, they bring down those foil prices. Yay! Next up, we have Keeper <laughs> of the Accord. It's three and a white for a three-four human at the beginning of each opponent's end step. If that player controls more creatures than you, create a one-one white soldier creature token. At the beginning of each opponent's end step, if that player controls more lands than you, you may search your library for a basic planes card, put it onto the battlefield, tapped, then <laughs> shuffle your library. <laughs> well, I just I say it like that because you just couldn't have said planes. Come on, it's already a hoop you have to jump through. It's got to be basic. Come on. <laughs> I do like that it says every uh, like each opponent's end each step. opponents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. But you're gonna have to be really behind. Uh, like you'd have to be really behind with lands, or a player would have to be really ahead with lands for you to get the or, or your opponents to to get this the the lands on every upkeep the creatures aren't as impactful but but the the lands are a lot more and definitely yeah. if you have like you know that green player that's ramping uh that's a good sign for you because then you also every turn are going to get a planes at your deck so yeah basic planes yeah, yeah. that that's yeah basic <laughs> and, and and how many how many planes do you want before you feel like satisfied with this paying off like two um yeah two or three i, th- I, think. I, think, two? I think yeah i think you could get there i mean you're playing white you're gonna be behind yeah but <laughs> and, it, and it is nice because there are other effects in white that put the lands in your hand and this is going on to the battlefield so yeah that is good. that is yeah that's very that's a very good point actually um yeah and you get a three four body which is nothing to to shake a stick at like it's a, a serviceable body survives uh, bolt <laughs> yeah. yeah and and i mean you can trade off your little dinky one ones to hopefully generate a few more one ones so there's extra little bits of of gravy there too so yeah. I, i'm a fan of it yeah you can, i think it, i think there's just enough value there you could service that body with gravy till the cows come home <laughs> there's a lot of little value that this kind of like yeah like the, the, the triggers are a little bit of value but if you get a lot of that little bit then you are kind of getting you know something worth playing yeah i guess i just want um you know like more power like yes um <laughs> <laughs> to, yeah to make a long story short yeah um but you know like like smothering tithe it's like your opponents are drawing cards and you get ramp I, I guess cards like this just don't make me feel that good because it's like, hey, if you're not doing as well as your opponents, I'm going to throw you a bone. And that's just been White's thing. Uh, so I, I think the smothering tithe kind of tax effect 
could be white's thing in terms of like ramp or card draw, but uh, or creating creature tokens in the case of Keeper of the Accord. But uh, it's like, hey, if you're not doing that good, you, you can get something. Um, but uh, you know, they'll figure it out, I guess. Yeah, like why couldn't it be like Tender Shoe Dryad? Every single upkeep, you just get a one-one. <laughs> exactly. Every single every single They're... upkeep, you get a one-one, and every single upkeep, you get a basic planes tapped. Yeah, because <laughs> if every yeah. if every color was green, we'd only have green. <laughs> okay, but like Tender Shoe Dryad <clears throat> pumps them when you have the um, oh yeah, yeah, uh, city's blessing. Right. Is that what that's yeah, called? yeah. City's blessing. Yep. Yes. Cool. I know magic. Uh, <laughs> But this one wouldn't do that, right? So it's like it's still, you know, a little underpowered. I don't know. I I think I think there's, I think this is a nice role player, and I think it's gonna do enough to make me feel happy about including it in a deck. Uh, I don't think it's gonna blow my socks off by any means. <laughs> but no. uh, I I still think this is a, a definite step in the right direction for white. Even though I I'm not a big fan of catch up mechanics. But I think there's enough incremental value here that uh, you're probably going to be happy with this. Speaking of bad cards, and this is kind of a sidestep here. Uh, not, and uh, I've been, I've been, I'm watching. I consume a fair bit of Pokemon content, and um, Pokemon, it's my understanding, is not a draftable. Like the booster packs are not draftable. That's not ha- part of the game design. I think Magic is the only trading card game that has draft. Well, Magic is the best trading card game, I, so that makes sense. I could be wrong, yeah. <laughs> but I know Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon, the other two most popular ones, do not have it. Maybe there's some smaller ones up that do, but I think making a draft or a card game draftable is much more difficult than just making a card game work. Yeah, and I know, and guys, I know a complaint about like draft gameplay, but like when we're when we're like actively drafting, that is one of my favorite things in Magic to do. I just uh, I just really want to get better at it because I'm terrible. <laughs> but um, just, just keep playing. I, yeah, no, that's 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 why that's why I I, I put the cube together because I just want to get good at it. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, Pokemon not being a draftable game. Uh, my question is, why are there bad cards in Pokemon sets? Why are there cards that don't see standard play or extended play? I think it's maybe the format. And then they have another format. Like, why are there cards that don't see competitive play if you don't have to worry about drafting? Because that's part of magic. Like, that's kind of why we see some of the cards that we see that aren't the most ideal. And we're going to see that in this set where the cards are clearly for drafting and not even necessarily for commander play. But if you're just making a set for standard, then why are there any cards that don't see standard play? And maybe that's just a rhetorical question. I don't know. Yeah. I I think, I think if, if you made all bombs all the time, there's going to be stuff that settles to the bottom. That's not going to see play. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just all a matter of perspective. Of course, like there's likely cards in there that are just like total garbage, no matter the context. <laughs> but I, I think that's just part of the challenge of trying to make a, a balanced and interesting game is trying to find cards that are, are strong role players and find cards that are, are strong cards inherently. Right. Yeah. And, and, and trying, also like you, trying to balance all those have, synergies. Um all those just bombs like when you open a booster pack right you're like 
um, if you just always had good stuff, there wouldn't be that adrenaline of, oh, do I get something good here or something? Yeah, um, that's true. A little gambling. Right? And they, yeah, Gamble. the gambling oh, thing. Um, the gambling yeah. thing. Though it's not gambling, guys. No, no, it's not gambling. No, 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 no. You, you still get a product. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and also with Pokemon, you do get the, um, you know, you do have the, uh, like the sealed events or like the, um, uh, like the pre-release events where you get the build and battle box where unlike magic, where you get six packs for sealed, you get, I think four packs in a build and battle box, and then you get a pack of cards uh, with, with, uh, re like with, with like doubles and triples so that you can build a, a functioning deck because the packs obviously don't, um, I think they're like, do that. um, core, it's like having core cards, like in Hearthstone. They kind of Hi, welcome a... to turn one Pokemon. Yeah. Where we talk about all your Pokemon needs. Sorry. Sorry. I've just been, I've just been watching a lot of Pokemon content lately and I was just wondering why there are bad cards and sets, but, um, let's move on to the next card here. We have, uh, Kethis Sunmane Familiar. It's one in a white for a legend. Keleth. It's legendary. It's, it's, uh, it's one in a white for a legendary creature. One, one. It's a horse. And whenever a commander you control attacks, put a 1-1 one, one counter on it, and it has partner. Kethis, the hidden horse. <laughs> it is funny that it's a it's a legendary creature horse. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of horses. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like all the uh, birds flying around in this uh, art here. I like birds. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's Jesper Icing. He's, uh, he's, been, uh, he's been doing magic art since the early days. Mm-hmm. She chooses her riders carefully and bears them to glory in battle after battle. Yeah, she's Aww. like Sea Biscuit. She's yeah. a trust, trusty horse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of this though. Like mono white aggro. Come on, choo choo. Yeah, let's go a chroma and Kellith. There we go. Partner it up. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't want a seven drop in my command zone for mono white aggro. <laughs> I'm going low <laughs> to the ground here. Come on. <laughs> that's your that's your bomb though. That's like that's, your yeah finisher. exactly. Yeah, I guess so. You have your finisher in your commander slot. There's some other white white uh, partner commanders that have come in the set, though. There's other white partners? Of course. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so next up, we have another reprint. We have Core Cartographer. It's three and a white for a 2-2 Core Scout. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a Plains card. Put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. So this is one of the only, uh, you know, pure white ramp cards. Uh, I love this card. White is also really good at blinking things. So, you know, it's not going to be that hard to blink this card in a commander deck that wants to do this. I used to run this in my Brago deck, and I got a lot of planes cards onto the battlefield. And sometimes they were hollowed fountains because this doesn't say basic planes. Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was just a card that was, I think, approaching a couple of bucks, and now it's going to be like uh, less than 25 cents again. So if you want a pure white ramp card, here it is. Get your core cartographers now. Next up, we have Livio, Oathsworn Sentinel. He is one and a white for a 2-2 legendary human knight. He has two activated abilities. The first one is one and a white. Choose another target creature. Its controller may exile it with an Aegis counter on it. And his other ability is uh, two and a white and tap. Return all exiled cards with Aegis counters on them to the battlefield under their owner's control. And 
he has partner. Hey, look at. Yeah, he's pretty Wait, low to the ground. Partner, yeah. with partner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't know how to evaluate this card. Well, you could definitely exile a core cartographer. <laughs> yes, you could. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I guess the ability is repeatable, but to invest five mana a turn just to return your core cartographer just doesn't seem. Well, I think doesn't uh, seem optimal. I mean, the way that I look at this card is, um, like you know, in 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 commander. Uh, you know, you can use this first ability to you well to protect your creatures if they get targeted with removal spells or yep. the like, or you can use it politically to protect your opponent's creatures, and then you know over time you can get a big payoff after doing that and return all the exiled cards to the battlefield, um, like rinse and repeat or you know, the, the more expensive thing is to just maybe do that every turn cycle, not what I just described, but exile one creature and then bring it back and get that, that ability. But I'm sort of looking at that first ability as either protection or, or political power. Yeah. And I guess if this is your commander, uh, nice thing about its first ability is it puts an Aegis counter on that card, right? It's not dependent on, this object uh in the game so if if you were to protect your board from a board wipe by exiling a bunch of them and putting ages counters on them and then later you bring livio back from the command zone and uh, use its second ability to return all of those cards they all come back because it's not linked to livio himself it's linked to the ages counters absolutely so, yeah that's, a, that's a really good point that's exactly why i really like this card I thought that was kind of powerful, just having, um, you know, like a repeatable source to protect your board in your command zone. Uh, mm -hmm. that you could just, you can kind of like slowly, like obviously it does require a lot of mana to be able to put Aegis counters on all of your stuff. But yeah. um, you can even get to a point where you're like, you know, there's a board wipe, you save some things, play some more stuff, out, play your commander. Maybe there's another board wipe, save some more things. And then in a couple times, bring it all back out. Like yeah, that's backbreaking. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, and that first ability is just a mana sink. It's just it's just one white yeah. uh, colon. So you can just keep you know. Yeah. In the case of a board wipe, you can just like boom, boom, boom. If you you know you have six mana, you can save three creatures. Yeah, yep. kind of thing. But then also like it, it is fun to have something political like this too. That you can, if your opponent really wants your help, you can help them out. Yeah, just be like, hey, you know, your your thing's getting swords right now, but I can help you. If you don't do this, no, I just want the life. No, no, I want the no, life. I, I need that I life. That I need that life. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, I get it. You're a life gain deck, but you know there are other there are things. Sometimes there are things that are more important than life. I mean, in Magic, there really isn't. But no, you know, I need that life. I need the life. <laughs> life is the most important resource <clears throat> in Magic. Yeah, you got to preserve your life at all costs. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, if you win at if you win at forty <laughs> life or one life. You know, you still win. You win more, though. You do yeah, win yeah, more. You, yeah, you got me you there. You notably win more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next oh, up, we shit. have Promise of Tomorrow. It's two and a white for an enchantment. Whenever a creature you control dies, exile it. At the beginning of each end step, if you control no creatures, sacrifice Promise of Tomorrow and return all cards exiled with it to the battlefield under your control man seb mckinnon coming in hot with this art oh, yeah. yeah man he's good oh, <laughs> seb mckinnon easily 
my favorite magic artist. Death can and wait. This 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 card is fun as hell. Yeah, like it's again, like we have another card that's like protecting our board in in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh and it is nice that like it, there are effects out there that do exile enchantments, but it is a more rare thing to see that. So in a lot of cases you're kind of safe. Mm-hmm. Definitely. For the longest time, the th- one of the things that white did best was uh, maintaining your board state of creatures by, you know, giving them indestructible. And this is almost better because you can, br- you can bring them back. So if they have enter the battlefield effects, you're going to get all of those too. Mm-hmm. And, and notably it's cumulative, right? So if, People are picking off your creatures one by one, and then next thing you know, there's a big board wipe in a couple turns. This is like putting everything under it, yeah. right? Yeah. Of course, I mean, it's an enchantment. It can be removed just like anything else, but it's an enchantment, so it's more difficult than most permanents to remove. Um, well, I mean, unless you're running black. Uh, <laughs> no, dude, feed the swarm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but... Yeah, th- this card is fun because not only, like, of course you have other three mana options that can help protect you against a board wipe by giving your things indestructible until end of turn. But this gives you enter the battlefield abilities. Um, and like I said, it, it can help over the course of time. Uh, you could even combine it with your own sacrifice abilities if yeah. you want to sacrifice your board to get this effect out of it. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of fun things you can do with this this card and i'm i'm really excited to see what it can do and notably against like a mass edict effect like if somebody made you sacrifice all of your creatures instead of trying to destroy all of your creatures this is going to be a a way to protect them against that as well yeah of course i mean if they if you have this on the battlefield and they go to do that they're probably going to think twice about doing that because it's not going to get them anywhere right of course (laughs) i mean you do kind of telegraph your plan with this on the battlefield but i think it's it's fun and would be uh fun to play with yeah and yeah it just um yeah it's, it's a very cool it's a very cool design card and it is just a, you know it's just a really feel good card that's mm-hmm. th- that's that's what i want next up we have rebecca architect of ascension she is three and a white for a three four legendary creature human artificer artifacts you control have protection from each converted mana cost among artifacts you control and she has partner so i think this is the first rebecca card that we've gotten because she's uh she's uh, thran she's a contemporary of uh yogmoth actually yeah talking about our like um oh time streams and stuff yeah she was um uh the the novel the thran she's a she's a character in that and she sort of uh uh yeah, spoiler alert she's uh instrumental in yogmoth's undoing in, well at least in uh him taking over dominaria but uh well she she's a power stone engineer she is yeah oh wait no she's not no, that's Glacian. Yeah. That's Glacian. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, really cool ability. Yeah, like and it's it's really um like it, it's really not going to be too difficult to cover most like CMCs from probably like 1 to 6 to protect yeah. all of your artifacts with her ability and you know like like 
protection is is a is just a, a difficult mechanic to get around and to to actually get rid of uh, you know in this scenario your the artifacts that that you'll be able to control yeah and like i guess this is most kind of related to what padeen does who just gives all your artifacts hexproof um but of course with protection we can start swinging and if you have those cmcs you actually just can't block the creatures either which is super cool yeah exactly so can't block by jeweled lotus no <laughs> no you're getting that you're getting that mana oh. <laughs> yeah she was the uh she was the chief architect of uh of the thran empire but uh and yeah glaceon made the power stones uh in the mana rig which we just talked about um a couple weeks ago but uh she was probably also like suffering from like power stone uh radiation yeah radiation so she was probably yeah. like i'm i'm getting sick so next up we have seraphic great sword it's one and a white for an equipment equipped creature gets plus two plus two whenever equipped creature attacks the player with the most life or tied for most life or tied for most life <laughs> create a four four <laughs> white angel creature token with flying that's tapped and attacking that player and the equip cost is unfortunately four unfortunately well, it's yeah, I, it's, that's an expensive quick card. Uh -huh. You know, I just the thing that gets me with this card is that it's a mythic. Um, yeah, yeah, it doesn't feel like a mythic, and it does not. Maybe maybe that's more of a draft thing because if this was a rare, you might. I mean, I don't know if you're gonna pull two of these in a pack. I I know that with Commander Legends, you do have the possibility of pulling three rares in a pack or like three cards that would be rare or better. But um, yeah, the, the equip cost is what really gets me on this. Cause like the, the two mana like this, you know, you could put this in a dedicated equipment deck and there are ways to get around equip costs, but you know, that's just like adding another card to the, the mix. And I don't know about that, but cause then also like to get that angel, you have to hit the player with the most life. What if you're behind and like the player with the most life just has a bigger board. You're like, well, my creature gets plus two, plus two. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, or on the flip <laughs> side, what if you're the one with the most life? <laughs> yeah, you're just not getting that angel ever. Yeah, it doesn't say opponents with the most life. It it says uh, player players. with the most life. So there there is that. But mm -hmm. I I put this in here mainly because um, Balon. I I know I brought up Balon already, but <laughs> Balon's ability has like his activated ability is one in a white to equip all equipment you control to Balon. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, this giving blonde plus two plus two and possibly even getting you an angel out of the deal uh, is pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. And also Riley, there's no limit to how many times you can blink, bring up blonde on this podcast. Okay. Well, good. Just feel we're going to call this blonde, the wandering night. <laughs> yeah. That's the, name of the, that's the name of the episode. Just out of context. <laughs> episode, yeah, episode 89. Blonde, blonde the wandering night. night. Yeah. <laughs> like, aren't they supposed to be talking about commander legends <laughs> plus some commander legends review <laughs> this art also reminds me of uh kenshi from mortal kombat because he's like a blind uh dude with a sword he's got the bandana wrapped around just like that yeah that's pretty nice. badass that's how they know you're blind yeah yeah <laughs> anyways next up we have uh what's well, our last white card slash the ranks it's three white white for a sorcery destroy all creatures and planeswalkers except commanders 
Um, so I love one-sided board wipes. And I think in a lot of cases, this is what this card is going to be. Um, you know, I think about the commander games that I've been in. There's not a ton of planeswalkers unless it's a dedicated planeswalker deck. There's mm. a few, but they're not overly common. And, yeah. you know, if, if opponents don't have their commanders on the battlefield, that that's what this card is going to be. I'm just thinking of, of commander games that I've played and, um, how often opponents commanders on the battlefield, even on turn five. And, you know, this might just be a great way to kind of clean things up. Maybe you've only cast your commander. Maybe your deck only really cares about your commander, especially in a Voltron deck. Voltron. This, this yeah, card is going to say that's perfect. like my favorite place for this. Yeah. Card. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean the episode is titled "Blonde Wandering Night." Yeah, so he wants this. He <laughs> wants it back. This is the kind of this is the kind of wrath that I would run in "Blonde Wandering Night." <laughs> I, yeah, I honestly don't know why they made the art on this to uh, men. They should have made it cat folk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They should have just had "Blonde" in the photo. I think that's a flavor fail for sure for the set yeah. overall. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I could see you running this in your Sigarda deck, Kevin. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and so any any kind of Voltron build, I think, would uh, appreciate this. If if obviously you're building your Voltron deck not just around some random random card in the ninety nine, but around your commander, I would hope you're doing that. I hope so. Um, yeah, <laughs> but it's also nice that in those edge case scenarios where somebody is running a Super Friends deck, like this is a Planeswalker Wrath, which is very rare to see. Yeah, that, that's quite fair. I don't does white have many things because i know like black has a couple that hit planeswalkers yeah there's like planner cleansing that hits like all non-land well, permanents all non-land permanents but nothing yeah. that specifically says planeswalker yeah and like there's yeah. in garrick's wake which hits uh creatures and planeswalkers creatures you and planeswalkers. don't control yeah and i mean even just in a white deck i think a lot of the time this is going to do a real a pretty good job of wiping the board for five mana yeah I think in limited, this isn't going to be as good because there's so many commanders running around. But uh, I don't know how good board wipes are in limited in general. They're they're they can be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, depending on because especially in limited, yeah. if you know what your resources are, you can kind of like hang back a creature maybe or something, wipe their board, and then you have more resources to play with. So yeah, yeah, and uh, I imagine will be no different in this kind of format especially since it's a multiplayer format so a wrath is going to be valuable no matter what it looks like <laughs> well that's why you guys are uh always beating me at limited um <laughs> you beat me last time you got second Kevin. fair enough fair enough that was a pretty that was a pretty uh dodgy uh limited pool though we did a chaos draft and it was pretty yes we, all the decks all the decks were pretty rough yes <laughs> they were they were rough feeling that's, that's yeah sure. th that's just that's just the risky take when you do a four a floor four player pod <laughs> Def oh Especially yeah for chaos. absolutely um, <laughs> yeah chaos draft four player pod yeah that's gonna <laughs> it's gonna bring up some jank okay let's move on to blue yeah we're gonna blue it on i'm gonna get blued blue, blue lawn wandering night <laughs> <The lawn. laughs> so the first blue card we have is amphin mutineer 
It's three and a blue for a 3-3 Salamander Pirate. When Amphin Mutineer enters the battlefield, exile up to one target non-Salamander creature. That creature's controller creates a 4-3 blue Salamander Warrior Creature token. And it also has Encore. So this is our first Encore card. So the Encore cost on this is four blue-blue. Uh, and uh, Encore is exile this card from your graveyard. For each opponent, create a token copy that attacks that opponent this turn. If able, they gain haste, sacrifice them at the beginning of the next end step, activate only as a sorcery. Uh, so, you know, the Encore on this is super cool. I, the, the Encore is a, is a super great ability, but... What I love about this card is it's just going to be so easy to abuse that enter the battlefield trigger, and it's you know it's all it's it's a better pongify or rapid hybridization because it exiles. Yeah, you know it gives you a slightly bigger creature, and you can't target the uh, the tokens. I don't know why you would want to, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah, gonna exile your four three so you can have a four three. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it has summoning sickness. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I think I, I just think from that perspective, it's amazing. And you know, if you do get the encore, you're you're taking out three or four creatures depending on how many people are in your pod. I just I I just love this card. Yeah, I I like encore. Encore is a really cool mechanic. Uh, it kind of reminds me of Myriad, like a one-shot Myriad in a way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it usually has either like a sacrifice uh, trigger or an ETB uh, attached to it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the Salamander, and I'm a big fan that they're supporting pirates. There's going to be a lot more pirates running around. So this this is a fun card. Yeah, we need like a uh, a uh, like an underworld breach, but for encore, like creatures in your graveyard gain encore, and their encore cost is equal to their mana cost. Unless they did a yeah, card in a, that set in this set that does yeah, that. Yeah, there's a Demir commander uh, that that has basically that ability. It's like a tap ability to exile a certain number of cards from your graveyard or to give uh, a creature encore or give creatures in your graveyard encore equal to their cmc so yeah you know i probably read that card and i'm just like regurgitating it now and like forgot it it's, it's probably not an original idea um <laughs> our next blue card is body of knowledge it's three blue blue for a uh, star star avatar it's power and toughness are each equal to the number of cards in your hand you have no maximum hand size and whenever body of knowledge is dealt damage draw that many cards well, this just uh, synergizes with itself fantastically. Fantastically. Yeah, I would gladly have my opponents chump block this. Please right? do. Like, <laughs> like, like, I think that's the real, like, you're going to be getting in damage. So if you have, say you've already drawn some cards, right? It's like, oh, I have 10 cards in hand. I'm going to swing you for 10. It's like, I don't want to take 10 damage. But then I've also blocked with my 3-3. Three, three. You draw three more cards. Like, Yeah, you're, yeah, you're damned if you do, <laughs> damned if you don't with this card. Yeah. yeah yeah that's fine you can kill me <laughs> <laughs> yeah well what's i mean the alternative is that the game just takes a little bit longer but i'm still gonna lose yeah <laughs> next up we have uh brinolin the moon kraken it's six blue blue for a six eight legendary kraken when it enters the battlefield or whenever you cast a spell with cmc six or greater you may return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand and it has partner 
what is this like? Uh, I mean, I don't think I don't know if this is going to see commander play, but this is Riley. Is this more of a limited card? Uh, well, it's eight mana, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It really depends on how these this limited format shapes out in particular. I'm sure if you have a nice like sea monster ramp deck, you are playing a multiplayer game. You probably have more of an opportunity to get to this mana cost um, in a multiplayer game than opposed to like a one v one kind of uh, limited set. Yeah. If this was just an eight mana six eight that gave you this ability whenever you cast a six mana or greater card, I would say no. This is not a good card. <laughs> but uh, we'll have to see how it shapes out with uh, Commander Legends limited play. I think like a nice like green blue like ramp deck. Yeah. You got some like bigger stuff in there. Maybe you can throw this inside of um uh Oh Riley, what's your like that blue green one you made with the companion? Oh, oh uh, Karuga. Ch- no, that's Chulane. Chulane. Yeah, Karuga. Yeah, that's yeah. his Chulane deck with Karuga. Karuga. Yeah. yeah. Everything is already like three or greater and it's like you probably have a bunch of six or greater stuff you could like do things with. If you were to go that way, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's just automatically that way, but you could take a deck in that route. Yeah, yeah. I don't think uh, I don't think Brendelin is what I would want to run in that Chulain deck. Because um, if I, if I'm not ramping with that deck, I want to be casting some finishers. Yeah. And like uh, I wasn't I, saying your deck in particular, yeah. but I'm saying for a Karuga deck, you could take it in the thing where you could have like more six drops and then sure. take yeah. advantage of the Brynlin. Yep. Yep. Next up, we have Court of Cunning. It's one blue-blue for an enchantment. Whenever it enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. At the beginning of your upkeep, any number of target players each mills two cards. If you're the monarch, each of those players mills ten cards instead. So this uh, this card does synergize well with a, um, an upcoming card that we're going to talk about in blue. But... Um, you know, this would also be great with Paradox Haze because you get that additional upkeep trigger. Um, it would also be great with Fraying Sanity because um, that uh, whatever a player, I think the cursed player with Fraying Sanity, um, whatever they milled that turn, they have to mill again. And of course, the um, the uh, Brevik the Grandiloquent, he, uh, yeah. he would be fantastic with this card because you just you know you have to mill double so anything that makes you mill double is really going to accelerate this effect and we've gotten several good uh mill support cards in the last few sets and and th- this just complements them really well yeah this is a great mill card for commander i had a mill deck once upon a time uh it was demir and uh i wasn't really dealing a lot of combat damage so the thing is if you lose monarch it could be difficult to get it back that would be that would be the my only concern with using this card to accelerate your mill plan but even if you're not the monarch you're still you're still getting a mill effect so it's not um you know it's not zero value yeah you don't need the monarch for it to do its thing but obviously that's where a lot of the power comes Mm -hmm. from yeah, and it, yeah, it's it's. I definitely love the monarch, and any card that gives me the monarch is going to be a fun card to play. But it's also not that defensive, um, and yeah, I think I think Kevin, you hit it on the head with like most mill strategies, you're not that aggressive. So if you lose the monarchy, you're probably going to have a difficult time getting it back. Yeah. 
Definitely. And uh, Riley, I think uh, an upcoming deck tech we need to do is uh, is you doing you building a, a monarch tribal deck. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. Uh, so our next blue card is. Sorry, I just lost my place here. Um, <laughs> is Elegeth Crossroads Augur? It's four blue blue for a legendary Sphinx. It it's five six and it has flying. If you would scry a number of cards, draw that many cards instead, and it has partner. Get wrecked. Yeah, get wrecked is right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, turning scry into card draw, you know, what more do you want? I mean, the only thing that this is missing is that like you have no maximum hand size and this card would be perfect. (laughs) So yeah, this is just, uh, yeah, I just, I I just love that effect and, uh, that's really all I have to say about it. Yeah. I I can just like picture like running this as a commander and having preordain and serum visions and just drawing three for one mana. That sounds really fun. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it makes those spells very Yeah, that's why Ancestral Recall is banned. (laughs) (laughs) Also, like uh, Ugin's Insight, you scry to the greatest power among creatures you control and then draw three cards. (laughs) Oh my goodness, yeah. Or maybe draw two. But anyways, you're going to draw seven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, if you like scrying and you like drawing, you're going to like this guy. Yeah. Next up, we have Fall from Favor. It's two and a blue for an aura enchant creature. When it enters the battlefield, tap enchanted creature, and you become the monarch. Enchanted creature doesn't untap during its controller's untap step unless that player is the monarch. Mm. Man, it's just the more you write monarch on a card, the more I like it. (laughs) Yeah, this has a very unique... um way that it works as well because obviously this is a effect that we see with blue a lot but now they're just like throwing the monarch flavor into it so yeah and it's a great in those mill decks this is a great way to steal the monarch back without dealing combat damage yeah yeah for sure it's a nice way to lock down a commander if you are running it in commander because um, of course it's remains on the battlefield uh, but i've also seen some people talking about this uh card being potentially popper playable because of course popper loves the monarchy ability and this is a common so it might pop yeah. up there that's that's true and uh yeah. i don't know if uh thorn of the dusk rose made it onto our blacklist but that is also a fantastic popper card and a much yeah. needed reprint uh like there's a few conspiracy cards that got reprints in this set and just the foil prices of those cards are way more expensive than they should be so it's really nice to see Mm -hmm. them reprinted here because it's gonna reduce the prices of those cards for sure so next up we have forceful denial it's three blue blue for an instant it has cascade and you get to counter target spell just a it's a solid counter i like this i don't know if i've seen this card before looking at it right now i really like this card I re- like obviously I, I really like counter spells. Uh, this card I think is so cool. We get to counter spell, but it has cascade. Like I love that. Well, it's it's love like it. It, well, it replaces <laughs> itself, right? It's like it's like counter yeah. spell. Uh, it's like counter spell, and uh, like you're getting card advantage because you get to put something on the battlefield. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ho- hopefully, you you consider the deck that you're putting this into because I can imagine if you are running 
more than one counter spell, <laughs> then Forceful Denial ha does have the opportunity to hit another counter spell, and that's going to be kind of a sad moment. So mm -hmm. if you're kind of light on the counter spells and you can kind of build your deck towards gaining a notable advantage from this, then it could be could be pretty fun. Next up, we have Hull Breacher. It's two and a blue for a 3-2 Merfolk Pirate. It has Flash. If an opponent would draw a card, except the first one they draw in each of their draw steps. Instead, you create a treasure token. So this is kind of like uh, a Notion Thief kind of card. Not as powerful, no, but, no, uh, but, but e just, equally as annoying for your opponent. Yeah, like you're going to want to <laughs> cast this if somebody... Uh, cast a big draw spell or maybe yeah. you cast like a wheel and then you play this and you know like you get you get all that like that would be that is oh man uh, like oh, i can imagine like trevor putting this in in his nekuzar deck and just fucking wrecking us with this yeah but unfortunately it would replace the draw effect so nekuzar wouldn't trigger <laughs> Yeah, you're right. right. You're right, but uh... but you, you you do leave your opponents with an empty hand. Yeah, you know. yeah. If you if you want to, you know, not have friends. <laughs> but but with the wheel, would would that player that uh, you know that if somebody cast a wheel and then and then that same player cast a hull breacher in response, the hull breacher resolves and then the wheel resolves. Would yeah. they get to create twenty one treasures? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Just yeah, I just wanted to make sure that I. Yeah. Yeah. Assuming they're drawing, like each of your opponents are drawing seven cards. Yeah. yeah wheel. Yeah. I just I'm like wheel of fortune, so they they would draw twenty one cards yeah. total. Cool. Yeah, and uh, with a windfall, like if you have, if somebody has more than seven cards in hand, then you know they're quote unquote drawing the the highest number of cards discarded. Right, so it could be yeah. even, even more or less with a with a windfall effect. This is also like so terrifying being out on the open sea, and there's just this merfolk pirate that like lives in the water, and he's just grabbing onto your ship and literally ripping the hull open so he can get your treasure. <laughs> and then once he has your treasure, he's gonna dive back into the ocean, and you're fucked. <laughs> Your boat's leaking. Yeah, you got a hole in that boat. You're done. You're done. <laughs> yeah. Next up, we have a fantastic reprint. We have Mana Drain. It's two blue for an instant counter target spell. At the beginning of your next main phase, add an amount of colorless mana equal to that spell's converted mana cost. Uh, I was really surprised to see this reprinted. It was creeping back up again. Um I remember how cheap this card got when Iconic Masters came out, and um, I I don't know if it's going to dip down that much again because Commander is incredibly popular, even with the pandemic going on. Yeah, this is just a fantastic reprint. This is a fantastic card. This was, uh, you know, this is definitely first pickable in a draft. Yes, if you if you want yeah. over $100, yes. <laughs> you're like hmm should i take the hundred dollar bill or <laughs> but even even then it is a fantastic card in draft oh yeah and i'm sure it's gonna be like, i mean people play 
Counterspell and they play Mana Drain in Commander, so it's not going to be any different for Commander Legends draft. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just <laughs> it's a be better. A it's it's, it's it, it is a better Counterspell. Yeah, this this definitely went down in price before with its reprint. Um, I wish I picked one up back then. So we'll see how low it goes this time, and hopefully snag one of these guys. Yeah, like I think I I picked one up for about sixty bucks. Um... And threw it in my Narsa yeah, deck, you did and it it's right. just so like in you know in those decks, you know you you counter an early play, and it, you know in my Narsa deck, it just allows me to play Narset on an earlier turn. Like once I have the Jeskai mana assembled, I just need that colorless mana, and so like in those decks, it's just uh, it's it's really essential. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think it's gonna dip down quite a bit. Like this this copy is is well under a hundred dollars even uh, at pre-release so i i think it is gonna dip back down but that's the thing about these commander staples like uh we're gonna talk about vampiric tutor next week but um uh they just uh they do dip they these reprints do have an effect but it's it's fleeting so so yes so pick these up if you need them and uh if you if you don't want to pay the money you can always uh just make your own or get them printed uh by a proxy maker online and it's it's essentially the same thing <laughs> don't don't bring proxies to your lgs no no but, no i'm no, not saying kitchen, that kitchen no, no, table. no 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 kitchen table kitchen keep it kitchen table. table thank you riley yeah. yes um <laughs> next up we have merchant raiders it's three and a blue for a two four it's a human pirate when it uh when it or another pirate enters the battlefield under your control tap up to one target creature that creature doesn't untap during its controller's untap step for as long as you control merchant raiders I love cards like this that you can, you know, like Vidalcan Shackles where you can just keep a creature tap down and out of the mix, uh, you know, and, and a lot of times creatures have activated abilities that want you to tap them. And, and so this can deal with um, problem commanders as well. Yeah, it's, it, it reminds me of like a dungeon geist that turns all of your pirates into a dungeon geist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I, yeah, like obviously if you have a pirate deck, like this is awesome. Yeah, it's a nice way to keep blockers tapped down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it can be a nice defensive, nice offensive card. And uh, yeah, it looks like a lot of fun for pirates. Next up, we have uh, Mnemonic Deluge. It's six blue, blue, blue. So nine mana for a sorcery. Exile target instant or sorcery card from a graveyard. Copy that card three times. You may cast the copies without paying their mana costs. Exile Mnemonic Deluge. So when I saw this card, I immediately thought about, uh, you know, all the things I could cast out of any graveyard, of course. But I also thought about copying this on the stack because yes you have to exile it but you could still copy it on the stack and hit something else in a graveyard and you know i think it's always fun to think about what's going to be in our opponent's graveyards you know is it going to be good is it going to be bad but i'm more of a sure thing kind of guy so i like to just have awesome stuff in my graveyard and you know think looking at this card i immediately thought about having like extra turn spells in my graveyard and you know if you hit like a time warp or a time stretch even better with this card and you can copy it you probably won the game yes 
Yeah. So, I mean, and, and of course, like, there are, like, f- like quote-unquote fun things you could do with this card, and that's the thing about fun. It's subjective. What I just described is fun for me, but, you know, what's fun for you may be different. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, this card, um, it, it, this card is, like, an I win the game card, but it could also be, you know, you could also copy... Um, Rampant growth. Yeah, rampant growth. There's one. <laughs> like, you could you could copy like oh, illicit man. auction three times, which is like uh I think it's like from Mirage. Like you choose a creature and then each player starts bidding life on that creature and yeah. whoever gets the highest oh, bid man. takes the Such card, you know. So you know, you can do all kinds of crazy things with this card. <laughs> yeah, like you know, uh I think like uh bribery would be a really fun one yeah oh bribery is good too but but yeah like going back to um i like i immediately thought about like this card is very powerful but if you can copy it like it's just nuts no matter what you do with it yes nuts. like if you want to do something fun and make the game take longer you can do that or if you want to do something like take extra turns and just win the game you can do that too it's just you know it's the 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 world is your oyster with a card like this. Yeah, if you card, have the mana, card's fun. gotta have the mana. Yeah, or you can cheat it. You can <laughs> cheat it. You can uh, cheat cast it. So next up, we have another reprint. It's Mull Drifter. It's four and a blue for a two two elemental with flying. It, when it enters the battlefield, draw two cards, and it has evoke for two and a blue. And you may cast the spell for its evoke cost. If you do, it's sacrificed when it enters the battlefield classic and they they pumped it back up to uncommon <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's awesome to see them revert the Muldrifter though i love Muldrifter. Yeah, it's a great card yep sweet <laughs> <laughs> episode 89 Muldrifter. <laughs> <laughs> next up we have sakashima of a thousand faces it's three and a blue for a three one legendary human rogue you may have it entered the battlefield as a copy of another creature you control, except it has uh, Sakashima of a Thousand Faces' other abilities. The uh, legend rule doesn't apply to permanence you control, and it has partner. Uh, I, I feel like this is just rife with combo potential. I love how they brought back Sakashima, and it's one of the ones that gets like the three card things. So there's Sakashima and Hel- himself, and then two other cards that go with it. Um, so I love all three of these cards. I am super in, um, blue is my favorite color in the set apparently, but yeah, (laughs) (laughs) like this is just so much fun. Just being able to copy stuff like this, like, oh man. Yeah. All the copy shenanigans. Yes. I love the mirror gallery effect of the legends. Yeah. Yeah. There's just so much, so much fun stuff you can do. Oh yeah. Clone effects and copy effects. Yeah. That uh, it's gonna be awesome just to have like a billion legendaries. <laughs> yeah, want to make a legendary just combo. <laughs> so uh, next up we have Sakashima's protege. It's four blue blue for a three one shapeshifter with flash and cascade. You may have it enter the battlefield as a copy of any permanent that entered the battlefield this turn. So, so it has flash, yeah, so we can copy anything that yeah, entered. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's right. So you can uh, you can take anything. Yeah, you could even take whatever you cascade into, assuming it's uh, well, I guess yeah, any permanent, eh? Yeah, I yeah, mean, any permanent. Yeah, could even any be a permanent. land, eh? Yeah, yeah, it, it could even be a it land. Could be one of those <laughs> guys cradles, eh? <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, again, I'm a huge fan of cascade. It's one of my favorite 
um, just like keywords. Oh, it's so and much so value. It's so much value. And then being able to copy something with this card that is doing the cascade for you, pretty sweet. For sure. Uh, I see it's not in the list, but I did also throw Sakashima's Will in there. No, it's on the list. It's a three in a, it's a three in a blue for a sorcery. Choose one. If you control a commander as you cast the spell, you may choose both. The target opponent chooses a creature they control. You gain control of it and choose a creature you control. Each other creature you control becomes a copy of that creature until end of turn. Oh, that's, that's super broken. <laughs> that's that's <fun>. so good. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I, I love the will be... cycle. The will cycle is really fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, making all of your creatures one of your creatures um, really reminds me of like Brutaclad with the tokens. Yeah, but now we can just choose like any creature we want. Yeah, if you have Sakashima out and the legend rule doesn't apply, you could pick one of your legendaries. Yeah, and then of course this is really neat too because if you do have a player out there that only has a couple good things like good creatures on the board, uh, you can be like, hey. You know, I'll take one of those. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that that is definitely, uh, again, just like rife with uh, combo potential. Just all yeah. the things you can do. I'm sure we're going to, like, I think this set is going to, uh, like, reel through the format for um, just years to come. I don't, I, I hope they're not planning on doing another one of these this time next year because I, <laughs> I don't think we're going to be able to handle it. Well, we might be so, we might no. be so happy that the uh, pandemic is ending that, uh, that will be like, yeah, Commander Legends 2. Huh. I don't know. We can actually go out and draft yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so next up we have Sphinx of the Second Sun. It's six blue blue for a six, six Sphinx with flying. At the beginning of your post-combat main phase, you get an additional beginning phase after this phase the beginning phase includes the untap upkeep and draw step so this was the card i was talking about when i was talking about uh a card that synergizes with court of cunning because this would give you the additional um upkeep um, effect of that card um yep. but even if you're not running a deck that has a lot of upkeep triggers you're still getting the untap step, the draw step, like you're still getting like that sort of sword and feast and famine effect. And I think we all know how powerful that is. So yes, you can put this in a deck that, that gives you that, uh, that, that has a lot of upkeep effects and that's going to be really powerful. But I think just throwing this in like a flyers deck or a Sphinx deck is not going to be a bad decision either. Yeah. I really want to just like, now that the, um, this sphinx is here you know really go for like um an upkeep style upkeep tribal trigger yeah. yeah like with the uh, blue braids yeah blue braids get that paradox haze in there oh yeah yep that would be very cool be fun yeah and this would work very well with blue braids as well because you could just put it onto the battlefield with braids can't we just say braids because black braids is is banned well i just you know let me have this. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we don't want to mislead anybody because uh, you know not yeah. everybody knows that's banned. I uh, I, yeah, I, I mean, you could sacrifice this with black braids. Yeah, I started. I I did at one time. I did start like uh, building a deck online with black braids, and then I later found out that it was banned, and it was a good thing because I would have started to buy cards for it. So, 
Yeah. Um, and lose friends. And lose friends. Double, <laughs> double. But if you guys haven't stopped playing with me after the decks I've played against you, I don't think there's anything I could do <laughs> to, to, to make you leave me alone. No, we're just the last ones left. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Or, or you're the last ones left, or you're the ones that I've cultivated to you're yeah. you're the best you're the best <laughs> of the best oh yeah. thanks kevin oh you got it i mean that's an option you're, you're not saying that but you know <laughs> i mean he was saying he cultivated you yeah. <laughs> no but in all in all in in all honesty i do you know i do like playing with you guys like our commander play group um because i do feel like you you're all in in your own ways you're all better uh at magic than me whether it's whether it's playing or like knowledge of the game or deck building and you know i think i think whatever your niche is i think you should surround yourself with people that are better at it than you so that you get better at it yeah so that you can like yeah get better and grow yeah. and such yeah yeah um all that fun stuff all that fun stuff <laughs> uh yeah so it's just it's just growing up um so uh our last blue card here it's a fun one it's wrong turn it's two in a blue for a an instant target opponent gains control of target creature and uh in in brackets here it says if an attacking or blocking creature changes controllers it's removed from combat and i like that they put that because i didn't know that yeah it's like a, a ray of command kind of interaction like where ray of command is three in a blue to gain control of a, a a creature and untap it against haste uh but it's an instant speed effect so usually you'd see a treachery kind of effect as a sorcery speed but uh the nice thing about it is is you can mess up combat not only take the uh creature out of combat but use it to block mm -hmm. um yeah. but with wrong turn it's really funny because you can switch your opponent's creatures with another opponent if you really wanted to or you could give if you have like a kind of like a charity style deck where you want to give a permanent to somebody um, or, or a creature in this case, then then you can use this to give it to them. Um, but yeah, I like the idea of being able to mess up somebody's combat and give somebody the opportunity to trade off favorably with another creature um, that's attacking. It, it, it would be a lot of fun just to have that like political mind game. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. And I love the flavor it's fun text. stuff. Yeah, it's bewildered. Bella <laughs> was met with a stern. Shh. He's in a library. <laughs> it's like, it's a, this beast is like, oh, I end up here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we are going to bring this episode to a close. Uh, thank you for listening, of course. And Ainsley, thank you for the work that you do. We're going to be back next week to continue our set review. And in the meantime, you can let us know if we've missed any cards that you're looking forward to playing with from Commander Legends. We'll be back, of course. Uh, we're doing this in Wooburg order, so it's going to be uh, black and red and maybe green. We'll have to see what happens. I feel like we, we went off on a Pokemon tangent here, and that probably took about 10 <laughs> minutes. Uh, sorry about that, everybody. The people need to know, Kevin. They do need to know. They do need to know. They need to know. Uh, well, why are there bad cards if it's not draftable? I don't get it. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I've, you know, as always, thank you for listening. And uh, we're going to be doing Commander Legends for the next few weeks. So, um, you know, enjoy it because that's what we're doing. Um, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Command Beacon. Uh, Riley, give us your social meds. 
yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Riley underscore Dayton uh, or on Twitter at Riles Dayton. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> Just find me somewhere. Yeah, I probably commented on Turn 1 Soul Rings post sometime. Him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we'll be back next week, like I said. And uh, Thank you for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. See you later. Bye-bye. Watch out for Sakashima. Turn one soul ring. Unfortunately, that's the end of the episode. There's no more white cards to talk about. <laughs> Balan one thanks, night. Thanks for listening to thanks our Balan episode. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been playing Sandard again. Oh, yeah? How's it going? Yeah. I'm enjoying it a lot more. I think finally it's in a place where like there just isn't this like super oppressive like deck strategy that everyone's going towards. Yeah, there's a a, a few potential strategies that seem to combat each other pretty well. Yeah, it's usually um, like, it what still... I like to see in a game is uh, not just one strategy. <laughs> yeah, Gruel Adventures is still the most popular. Yeah, but then but then after that, I think it's all single digits for popularity in terms of the decks and stuff. So. That's good. In percentage wise, so yeah, I haven't been I haven't been playing a ton of arena. I've actually been playing a lot more Legends of Runeterra, which and, is cool. Yeah. I I really like that game. I think it's really well made. It is very fun. I I like it a lot actually. It's, yeah, uh, and it's it's it seems to be fairly engaging for free to play. Um, like they have a really good model for free to play. I feel yeah. And then just like the mechanics of the game take some really good ideas from Magic, take some really good ideas from Hearthstone, and they're just like putting it together really nicely. Yeah, and I, I, I like how, like, I, I, honestly, I could never really get behind the the whole attacking with your face thing that Hearthstone does, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like basically <laughs> using your your character or your hero as, as a weapon. Like, yeah. I yeah like hearthstone was pretty fun i never really got into it very deeply but i feel like runeterra is yeah definitely a balance between the two uh and i like the mana system i I really like the mana system in runeterra just with how yeah just how you can retain up to three spell spells yeah yeah i think that's a really unique that idea whoever had that when making that game super incredible like that's really good yeah, it's really fun. And then, like, it is quite flavorful to the game as well, being, like, you know, um, your tower is, like, your health pool and stuff. Um, but then, of course, champions are something very unique to that game. And really what gives it its own, like, kind of identity as well is just how the champions work. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I... Oh, excuse me. I've been playing some of the expeditions. And those are those are pretty fun. Yeah, they are pretty neat, which is like how you build the deck, and then um, you can kind of like pivot a little bit, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think some... I've had three different races together yet. I think I, I've always done two. I have. <laughs> I had like this weird Tom Kench life gain build with like three different races, and it was focused on like units that dealt damage themselves when they entered, but also units that healed my allies and nexus whenever they entered so it was 
you know, like if you got Tom Kench on the battlefield and managed to keep him alive, that guy just takes over the game. That must be a new one. Uh, Tom Kench is like, I think he's a four drop and he's a two six. And uh, at the beginning of each round, you get an acquired taste fleeting card in your hand. <laughs> so, what does so, it do? What does acquired taste do? Acquired taste basically uh, <laughs> makes him uh, capture a unit, but the unit strikes him when when they're captured. So, oh. yeah, it's, it's an acquired there. taste. Yeah, yeah. But if you <laughs> eat if you eat three of the uh, three of the opponent's units, then he levels up. And yeah. uh, he obliterates the units that he's um, eaten so far. <laughs> Holy. And then uh, when he, then from then on, he gets like, he becomes like a three, seven or something like that. And uh, whenever he attacks, he obliterates whatever unit is captured under him. So he still generates those acquired taste cards. So basically like every round, if you're able to keep him on the board and keep him healed, he's like removing a unit from their side of the battlefield. And it's, yeah. it's really impressive. Sounds like good stuff. 